Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to this episode of Across the Board. Across the Board is a podcast where I take a look at corporate government, governance, risk management, all from the perspective of the Board of Directors. I talk to people who report to Board of Directors, I talk to board members, and I have a wide-ranging discussion about what the obligations of a board are in corporate management, and most specifically, risk management. Across the Board is sponsored by Advanced Compliance Solutions. Advanced Compliance Solutions is your one-stop shop for all services compliance-related. I'm pleased to announce Advanced Compliance Solutions has developed the Compliance Alliance, which is a three-step program that will provide you and your team a background into compliance so that you can consider how your product or service fits the needs of a compliance officer. It includes a compliance boot camp, sponsorship of a podcast series, and in-person compliance sales and training. Interested parties should contact myself, Tom Fox, at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. In this episode of Across the Board, I take a look at the Wells Fargo Board of Directors and advocate that the Wells Fargo Board of Directors needs compliance experience on it. Across the Board is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox here again with another episode of Across the Board. Today, I want to take a look at the Wells Fargo Board of Directors from the compliance perspective and the Wells Fargo need for both a compliance committee and compliance expertise on its board. Under the U.S. Sentencing Guidelines, a a board must exercise reasonable oversight on the effectiveness of a company's compliance program. The Department of Justice prosecution standards pose the following queries. Do directors exercise independent review of a company's compliance program? And are directors provided with information sufficient to enable the exercise of independent judgment? Moreover, the 2012 FCPA guidance requires that a chief compliance officer have direct access to the board or an appropriate subcommittee of the board. The 2012 guidance also requires a tangible commitment from the top levels of an organization, starting with the board of directors, that a company create an ethical culture. At the board of directors level, a board compliance committee can devote itself exclusively to non-financial compliance. So, While many companies have fulfilled these obligations through an audit committee, clearly the better practice is to have a separate compliance committee. The reason is clear that compliance has become not only central to any well-run business, but it is critical to overseeing a wider variety of risks than the typical audit committee has experience with, which is usually only aimed at financial risks. The Board Compliance Committee should begin its inquiry with a basic, how do we know it's working? In other words, is a company's compliance program living up to the hallmarks of an effective compliance program in the eyes of the government? And here I'd like to lay out four areas of more specific inquiry. The Board Compliance Committee should obtain information on the processes to carry out the compliance function rather than the details of specific compliance issues. They understand the need that there's a single individual or internal corporate discipline keeping track of the compliance function and making sure that it is handled properly. They understand that there is a system in place that keeps track of compliance requirements. Another area the Board Compliance Committee should interest should be in is in the area of hotlines or other internal reporting mechanisms. 
Here, the Board Compliance Committee needs to know details about both inbound issues and responses thereto. In the inbound side, this means details about who answers reports, that they come in via email or phone, and how this information is triaged and in what time frame. It also requires an understanding of whether the reporting system is truly anonymous. There is no use of caller ID or GPS tracking. The next series of questions deals with the responses to any information which comes to the attention of the company, such as basic inquiries as to how reports are classified and routed, who gets notified, and for what types of calls, how the investigative process is divided among the various functions, or is it outsourced. Finally, what is the response rate and response time? The Board Compliance Committee must know who is accountable and responsible for each segment of a compliance program. They should obtain assurance that the compliance function has developed a charter that makes it clear to them where obligations fall across management so as to assess accountability. While it is true that an effective board compliance program will allow management to do their job running the business on a day-to-day basis, they understand that the job is set to set long-term strategy. Strategic planning is another area well-suited for oversight by a board compliance committee. For such a committee to be effective and informed, it must have an appreciation of where the corporate compliance function stands not only at the present time, but also has a strategic plan for how compliance and ethics will continue to grow at the company. A board compliance committee should demand the compliance function be nimble enough to respond to new information or actions, such as mergers or acquisitions, divestitures, or other external events. If a dynamic changes, you want to get your board's attention on changes that may need to happen with your compliance program. In today's regulatory climate, <clears throat> hypersensitivity in social, mar- social media make board compliance tasks seem Herculean. But even more simply than the regulatory climate, shareholders are taking a much more active role in asserting their rights against boards of directors. It is incumbent that a board seek out and obtain sufficient information to fulfill their legal obligations and keep the company off the front page of the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the Financial Times, just to name a few, or in the case of Uber, off of a blog post by a disgruntled ex-employee. A board compliance committee is a good place to start. I give that introduction of a board compliance committee in the context of why I believe Wells Fargo needs compliance expertise on the board. In an article in the New York Times Dealbook column, Stacey Cowley wrote that the Wells Fargo Board of Directors chairperson, Stephen Sanger, has announced he will retire at the end of the year and he will be succeeded by Elizabeth Duke, a former Federal Reserve Board governor. Also standing down are Cynthia Milligan and Susan Swinson, both of who joined the board in the 1990s. In addition to the elevation of Duke to the chairperson role, retired PricewaterhouseCoopers executive Juan Pietas will join the board next month. All of these departures leave one open seat on the Wells Fargo board. In addition to Duke succeeding Sanger, The board also announced its new risk committee, which will be responsible for watching potential problems, will soon be under new leadership as well. Next month, Karen Peets, a retired Bank of New York Mellon president who joined the Wells Fargo board this year, will take over as chairwoman of that committee. She will succeed Enrique Hernandez, who has led the committee since 2012 and came under withering criticism for his handling of the fake accounts, and fraudulent accounts scandal. He was re-elected to the board, uh, the bank's board, by shareholders four months ago with 53% of the vote, the lowest total of any director. 
My direct plea to Wells Fargo is to hire someone with direct compliance expertise for this final seat to the board of directors and put them on the risk committee if that's different from uh, or is going to be the equivalent of the compliance committee. Ms. Duke's experience in the regulatory world was one of the reasons touted in her elevation to the chairman's role. Chairperson's role, I should say. However, experience in the regulatory world is very different from experience in the compliance realm, where the focus is on mission, vision, and values of a corporation through the tripartite process of prevention, detection, and remediation. In addition to getting the regulatory house in order, Wells Fargo obviously has one very large cultural problem which needs compliance expertise. Even with Karen Peets, the former bank president of Bank of New York Mellon, the issue of compliance is absolutely at the forefront of Wells Fargo's miasma, and they need compliance expertise. They don't need another bank president to help them through this. The Wells Fargo board needs someone with compliance expertise to oversee the role of the chief compliance officer in the bank's compliance function, which was clearly not up to the task of preventing illegal or even unethical conduct, which led to the fraudulent account scandal and their continuing problems. With the board of director oversight on compliance, the senior executives provide the board with a certain level of information and reporting, which is the outcome of how senior management and the C-suite has defined the compliance risk appetite. Clearly, board will oversee this. Some of the key questions the board should ask, uh, in addition to the four general ad- uh, categories I went through previously, include how would management review monitor review risk. Monitor and monitor the key compliance risk of the bank. Based on that risk appetite and the different dimensions of the of such compliance risk to the company, would there be different metrics set up? How would you measure that compliance risk? What are the benchmarks the company would set or the bank? What are some of the sheet maps that they would do use to gauge the sensitivity of the compliance risk. The information could vary, but it's generally geared and very much geared and thought of as an overall compliance risk appetite that the company has set up and how the board oversees that going forward. And indeed, how management would review and monitor that compliance risk. In addition to the compliance risk, there are the mission, vision, and values types of risk, which could be thought of as people's risk, reputational risk, technology risk, and cyber risk. There are different risk dimensions that impact the company, and the true compliance expertise on the board lends overall accountability to the compliance uh, for compliance risk because they can understand and oversee the compliance risk management systems, compliance internal controls, the information flow up to the board and back down to the CCO, and finally guide the board in shaping an appropriate tone for the tone of compliance message from the very highest parts of an organization to try and restore the bank's incredibly tarnished reputation. What are some of the skills and backgrounds such a person could bring to the Wells Fargo board? This person needs to have good in-depth knowledge and understanding of financial institutions and their business model so they can appreciate overall risk challenges. Obviously, financial expertise for scenarios in the framework and the need to have some technical ability to understand the 
stress dynamics and <clears throat> stress testing and measurement tools. Position needs to be someone who has worked at the highest levels of banking or a financial institution, both as an executive and as a board member. Finally, the position needs to be filled filled with someone who has been active in the compliance field for a significant amount of time. And indeed, I would suggest 20 plus years. Is that such a is that sound like a tall order? Well, it might be, except I know how, uh, people that that fit this bill. So. Uh, first of all, if you're listening to this and you work for Wells Fargo, call me. I'll give you some names, but and it's not me, but uh, I'm certain this person exists. But more importantly, Wells Fargo needs to find that person now. More generally, the Office of Inspector General has called for greater compliance expertise on the board. In 2015, the OIG said that a board can raise its level of substance expertise with respect to regulatory and compliance matters by adding a compliance member to the board. The presence of such a compliance professional with subject matter expertise on the board sends a strong message to the organization's commitment to compliance and provides a valuable resource to other board members and indeed helps the board fulfill its oversight obligations. I would ask Wells Fargo to consider the impact it would have on its employees if it added a substantive compliance expert who met the other criteria I laid out for its board. Mike Volkoff has looked at this from the practical and business perspective and has said, I have witnessed firsthand that companies that have a board member with compliance expertise usually have a more aggressive and effective compliance program. In this situation, a chief compliance officer has to answer to the board for the company's compliance program while receiving the resources to support the accomplished and to accomplish compliance tasks. Roy Snell, the president of the SCCE, sees it through the prism of the compliance profession and stated, if you ask most companies if they have compliance expertise on the board, most would say yes. When asked who the compliance expert is, it's typically point to a lawyer, auditor, risk manager, or an ethicist, beginning to sound like Wells Fargo. Yet none of these professions are automatically compliance experts. All lawyers have different specialties. He has stated that what regulators want to see is specific compliance expertise at the board level. He noted the government is not looking for generic compliance expertise. They are looking for specific compliance program expertise. Wei Chen, the former Department of Justice Compliance Counsel, has continually talked about the need for companies to operationalize compliance programs. Having a board member with specific compliance expertise, heading a board-level compliance expert can provide a level of oversight and commitment to achieving this goal. Once again, it's always important to recall the sentencing guidelines that I read early on, the 2012 FCPA guidance, and indeed Wei Chen's uh, observations that the regulators want to see this and the regulators are going to want to know what you have done as a company along these lines. In the New York Times piece, uh, uh, Callie cited to Carl Tobias, a professor at the University of Richmond School of Law, who had stated that Duke's elevation to the chairperson is a sign that the board, which has drawn criticism from some shareholders for not doing more for or prevent the board's misdeeds, plans to continue on its current path. He went on to state that things just keep coming out of the woodwork in terms of bad news for Wells Fargo. Clearly, this bad news continues to hang a very, very dark pall over the bank. By bringing in a true compliance expert, the bank can demonstrate it has begun to chart a new path which would hopefully move its 
as an institution known for compliance. So once again, my request to Wells Fargo, you need to hire a true compliance expert for the board. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Across the Board. I began this podcast in July, and I've really enjoyed putting it on. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I hope that you will rate this podcast, as it would help in the rankings and also help get out the word about the newest podcast on board boards, board governance, and really the only one that focuses on the board's management of risk. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. If you have any questions about this or other issues, you can email, email me as well. Thank you again for listening to this episode of Across the Board, and I hope you'll join me next week for our next episode and that you will continue to listen to all of the podcasts in the Compliance Podcast Network. Thank you again. podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.